My name is Dr. Josephine Paladmo, and my superpower is creating business cultures that transform organizations team by team. Today, I spoke with the effervescent Chelly Phillips, business coach and best-selling author, about her new book, Culture Secrets, and in particular, how we create a people-first mindset in organizations. I particularly loved her metaphor of stepped, so listen out for that one. It's my pleasure today to be talking to Shelley Phillips, business coach and international bestseller, uh, author, and extraordinary. You do a lot of things, Shelley, so I'm going to get you to, to tell us a little bit about you. And you're coming in from Atlanta, Georgia. How wonderful is that? So I'm in Melbourne today. It's morning for me, evening for you. So thank you so much for joining me today, Shelley. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this. We are at a balmy 95 degrees still here. So full-blown summer for us in the South. Um, but yes, um, I, I am an author and I'm a business coach and I do speaking and a little bit of everything. But I've also had almost a 30-year career in public relations and marketing on the corporate side of things. Uh, and before that, I was in journalism. So I've been all about learning how to tell people's story mm -hmm. and then how to get them to tell it in a way that people find them interesting and appealing, whether that's on the corporate side or whether it's on the personal side. Yeah, that's wonderful. And you've obviously had, you know, you've, you've, you've transferred all of those capabilities to your own success, but it's wonderful that you're sharing that with others. And those skills are so relevant today because it's not, um, you know, today, in today's business world in particular, it's not so much about your competencies, it's your capability to share what you, who you are and your story and, and what, what, what your value is for others. It's so, so uh, much an essential ingredient of business today. Yeah, I tell everybody, you know, when I'm working, especially with new people, that, you know, no one's going to pay you what you're worth, just what they think you're worth. And the really great thing today is that we can control how people think about us, because we have the ability to control what's online about us, what people find about us, what message we put out there, what passions we share, and just really how we show up in the world. And so to me, I think it's the perfect time for people to be reinventing themselves, reevaluating what they want to do, and even for entrepreneurs and business owners, for thinking about the kind of people they want to hire. What, mm. what do I want to represent me in the workplace or when I'm out working with customers or clients and that kind of thing? So it's just a perfect time, I think, for all of this, and it's very relevant. Yeah, absolutely. Now, your recent book is Culture Secrets, and I want to, I want to talk about that because that's that's a, a real passion of mine as well. But you have written some other books, and and I, when we were speaking uh, last time we met, you were telling me about how those books came to be, and it's such an interesting story, Shelley. Do you want to share that? <laughs> Sure, absolutely. So Culture Secrets was my third book. Um, and, I, and it is probably my favorite one of them all because of, I, you know, I, I, I do come from that corporate background and I, I really enjoy that mindset. And then after moving into management, you know, you really become clear on the fact that it's all about people and how do you get the best out of them? How do you motivate them? How do you lead them? How do you help them achieve the goals that they want to have? But my first book was called When in Doubt, Delete It. And that came from an email that I almost sent, um, but thankfully I didn't. Um, and probably Culture Secrets has a little bit of this in it too, because I had a really bad boss. Mm. And um, whenever I, I, I was working for them and I was doing communications, 
And let's just say we weren't on the same page about the value that communications brought to the mm -hmm. organization. Uh, one of the things that we did was we had a member magazine and it was designed for a group of people that were 35 to 50 years old. So I get an email one night from him about how his daughter, who was 17, um, did not like our magazine and how it was a waste of time and not a great read and wasn't laid out effectively and just on and on and on. And this is from an <laughs> accountant who no, has no background in graphics or anything either. And so, and the really great thing about it, it was a Friday night, but I was still working an event. So he's at home with his family sending yeah. out these really snotty emails and he closes out the email with the, the thing. He said, I thought more of you. I thought your skills came from something other than a box of Fruit Loops. And, you know, it was one of those things I, I had known for several months that things were not going great, that our, our viewpoints were not the same. Mm. But I had been there for over 20 years. And yeah. I had a bookcase full of awards that said, you know what you're doing. People respected me in my industry. And yet the guy that signed my paycheck. Yeah didn't yes and I'm very transparent you can look at my face and tell what I think most of the time and so I'm at this event and and there's people all around me ask what's wrong what's wrong what's wrong and I'm like nothing let it go <laughs> nothing let it go you know it's like and they all know I'm lying and so yeah. uh, we make it through the event and I'm sitting at the dinner table and I'm typing back this response and mm. You know, at a certain point in time, I put the old Blackberry back up that was back in the day <laughs> yeah. and say, nope, we're not sending that because yeah. I will definitely not have a job to go to on Monday. And um, but it was the kick in the pants. I tell everybody that mm. I needed to realize that, you know, my value isn't dependent on what he thought and that my skills yes. were not determined by whether he thought that I had them or not. So I tell everybody now that you know, that was really a blessing in disguise and said, yes, if you want to look at me as the prize in size, the cereal box, then you be all about that because yes, I am the prize in size and you better be glad that you had me on your staff when you yeah, did. Yeah. And so that book really what came from that experience and not sending the email, but it turned into, like I said, I was a journalist before that. Mm. And it's all about, it's written in five buckets on what edits could we do to life and there are things like begin which is like beginning a paragraph and there's things that we should start in life and there's things that we should try and that we should go for and then there's things we should delete so when in doubt delete it yeah. there's things that you know so there's toxic people in our lives there's places that we don't need to stay sometimes we just have to delete and one of my favorite pieces in there is an edit that most people don't even know about unless you've been in journalism or something like that and that's stet and that's where an editor goes through they make all these changes and they finally get to the end of mm. it and they go you know no i really like it the way you did it i understand where you were going now you were right on point and so to me, that's about staying authentic to yourself, yeah. being who you need to be. And, and, and actually, so during, I have to tell I have to tell you something, yeah. Shelley. I actually um, shared that with some of my um, my girls. I, I, I lead a um, professional belly dance team and, you know, oh, we fine. get a lot of feedback, a lot of external feedback about what we do. And I actually explained to them uh, some of what you said around STET and your idea of STET, because as part of my academic background, we use STET a lot. We do a lot of editing uh -huh. and it's such an, it, it, it's a concept that most people actually don't think about, but there is this aspect of people can give you feedback, but you don't don't have to necessarily take it 
uh, but 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 there's really good re you have to have a good kind of good reason for that but people can take can can give you that external validation and it's about leaning into that and being authentic about that but not necessarily taking it all or internalizing that to your point internalizing that value just because you've got that external viewpoint yeah not everybody who gives you feedback has the qualifications to provide it yeah. And, you know, it's up to you to use that filter to decide whether this is valuable or not and whether it's something that you want to pursue or not. But, yeah, I love that. And I can imagine anytime you put yourself out in public um, and then especially anything in this day and age where anybody might be a little body conscious or yes. anything like that, that you might not meet someone's ideal, that you're setting yourself up mm -hmm. to be criticized. Yeah. And so, you know, you really have to embrace that fact that, no, I am authentically me. I like me for who I am. I have skills. I have abilities and people should value me for what I'm putting out yeah, there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that was the, the, the first book that you wrote. That's the first book. And the second, the book? second one is called get noticed, get hired. And it's all about setting yourself up for career success. And it's with young professionals in mind. I spent 14 years working with college women on a, a college campus in Alabama. And I dealt mostly with the, um, the leaders of that organization. So what we would notice, though, was that they would graduate. They'd spend four or five years in their course of study, and they would graduate. And those that did not get an offer in their field right off the bat and take what I call get-by jobs, whether mm -hmm. it's like barista, retail, secretarial, administrative, anything like that. When they did get an offer in their field, they were coming in five to $8,000 lower than what their counterparts were getting right out of school. Mm -hmm. Somehow going to work devalued their education, which I just found totally frustrating and yeah. absolutely flooring. Yes. So as someone who's hired people and as someone who has, you know, I, I, I had interns and different things like that throughout my career, you know, the ones that show up, the ones that you can count on, the ones that are used to dealing with people and know about workplace, you know, um, etiquette, yes. you know, the ones that can respond to emails, the ones that meet deadlines, the ones that can work face to face with customers, how does that devalue someone in another field? To Absolutely. me, that's just added on skills that you're bringing to that. So that book is all about how do you position yourself? How do you brand yourself online to get the offers that you want? How do you show up at the interview to be able to sell yourself and the skills and what you bring to the table? And how do you make yourself stand out differently than other people that are doing that same thing? And so that was kind of a passion project based on all those years of working with mm. these young women and helping them set them up for success. Fabulous. And then the last piece of that book is once you're hired, how do you continue that personal branding effort to set your career up for promotion and the next moves that come down the road? And so then finally, the culture secrets is that third wheel. That's so I had the personal story. I had the young professional and now I've got the corporate piece and Fabulous. they all just kind of tied in together that way. And culture is just such a major thing that we all deal with now, especially, you know, BC or, or after COVID, you mm -mm -mm. know, and, and everything else because of the fact that people have really started to rethink is this where I want to spend my time? Is this what I want to continue doing with my life? Yes. And it's up to us as business owners and entrepreneurs to show them that, yes, we value you, which goes back to my first book, and that you can be engaged and you can have a great time doing what you enjoy doing.
Absolutely. Now, tell me a little bit about Culture Secrets because you interviewed uh, quite a few business owners. So, and and um, you know, our our audience is global, so don't assume people know some of these businesses. But I think some of these names people will recognise. Well, one off the bat, I think that you might recognize in your area was Gary Ridge. He's the WD40 CEO. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's he's a guru of leadership and, 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 and culture to me. And it was funny, even before I wrote this book, I had followed him and I had I had even used him and WD40 company as an example in mm. some of the, the talks that I had given in the past because I love their accountability model that they have. I love that they, they call themselves a learning culture mm -hmm. yes. and that they embrace failure. And I think some of these things are such important lessons to learn for people that are managing groups of people that, you know, we don't get it right all the time. And sometimes some of the biggest learns come from the biggest mistakes that we made. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most people don't go into something with the heart that says, I'm fixing to screw this up as much as I can. Yeah. You know, generally failure happens not on purpose. It mm -hmm. happens either we didn't have the skills, we didn't have the knowledge, we didn't have something that we needed we didn't know who to ask or we were afraid to ask. And so failure in itself teaches us a lot of things in the mm. business world. And in fact, the product WD-40 itself was a failure. That's why it was the 40th formula that ever worked, you know. And so he provided so much insight and guidance that it was great. Mm. But then there's others that I have in the book. Um, Stephen Childs is the um, CHRO for Panasonic Global Automotive. And, you know, I, I, I love what they did. They set their culture up for success by firing the jerk. Um, they called him something else. I won't say that <laughs> just in case there's, you know, someone under 18 listening to the podcast, but they had a big party when they fired, you know, the, the yeah. one that was holding everybody back. Mm, mm, mm. And the thing that I loved about his story in the book is that it really shows that people are willing to share. If you're willing to ask the question, you're willing to learn. Most people, most business owners, most professionals are willing to share what's working for them with you if you come with a genuine heart. Yes. And I think that's what's great about podcasts like this and everything else mm. is that it's a learn from someone. And if you listen to it, what you pick up is something that you can put into place. Absolutely. And you'll see the benefits right off the bat mm. from it. Mm. And For sure. so it's been just a really fun journey, you know, so there's somebody in the book, we have entrepreneurs in the book, we have mom and pops that have gone on to franchise and how do you keep the culture mm. when you grow and when you franchise, there's tech things, there's bots for that out of London that are, you know, that's interviewed in there. And, you know, I think people will find a type of business that they resonate with and that they can pick up something that they can actually put into place no matter what type of industry that they're coming from yeah, with this book. Fabulous. And in the book, you describe a model that helps to frame the, the I guess, the, the conversation and, and the action around creating um, culture, and you call them culture builders. And that, that um, and, I, and I love that because you've got a, an acronym there that kind of adds up to value. Do you want to explain mm -hmm. those steps? Because um, sure. I think that I would be about really useful. Yeah, I talk about building a value culture. And value is the acronym that I use for it. And, and, and the more I interviewed people, and the more I talked to them, I realized the ones that are most successful are doing a lot of the same things. Mm. They make call it something different inside their organization, or they may have a cute name for it, or they may have something, but it boils down to, to what I call five really key pieces. And that's that value model. And that's vision and values, 
And then it's accountability, it's leadership, it's celebrating the uniqueness of your people. And then it's the engagement that you get from doing all of these things correctly. And when you put all this together, I think both the employee and the company is going to thrive. You're going to see more profitability. You're going to see more productivity. And you're also going to be able to recruit great people because your people, your unique people, the values that they bring, the skills that they show up with are going to be talking about you your organization and what you offer. So in turn, your people become your best recruiters because they're going to want to work with other people that are like them who you want to hire. And can you go through some of those, perhaps we don't have time to go through all of those in details. And of course, we want people to buy your book and read the book. But um, but I, I, I guess you were talking about accountability earlier as something that you really respected, particularly um, around some of those um, leaders that you or CEOs that you interviewed. Tell us a little bit about your take on accountability, because I think we talk about accountability a lot, but really making that work at a cultural level, I, th I think, is is the challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think accountability comes, well, you can't have accountability unless you have that first piece in place, which I call that vision and values. And you build the accountability by getting your people involved in creating those values so mm -hmm. that you're all on the same page together. When you set the values, you're also determining what behaviors that you expect. You know, so if I expect honesty, and we all agree that that's one of the values that we're going to work based on then, you know, if something's going on or someone sees something that's deceptive, it's up to them to say something and speak up and let it be heard. Or if timeliness is a value that we are all going to work on, not meeting deadlines is going to impact not only you, but it's going to impact everybody on your team. Mm. And so if you get everybody on the same page to begin with, with setting the values and you agree on what behaviors reflect those values, then accountability is easier to, to instill in your group that you're working with. It's also one of those things that, you know, when I'm working with, with companies and when I'm working with clients, accountability has to start with you individually. I can't make you accountable. So it doesn't matter. I can be accountable all day long to my team, or I can be accountable to my CEO, or I can be accountable to my board of directors. I can be accountable for whoever I want, but I can't make the team accountable mm. unless they're bought into it. Mm. And the best way that we do that is by showing up the way we expect others to show up. I can't manage my team as the leader of that team and not live by the values that we agreed upon. And I think that's the big message is that if that's what you believe and if that's what you truly want, you as that leader have to be bought into it as well. You have to talk about it and you have to recognize, you know, part of part of the success of any culture is the recognition effort. And recognition is so much more than I get 25 cent more or 50 cent more in my paycheck per hour. Recognition yes. is when you recognize the effort that people are putting into something and you really call it out. You know, I mean, I know there's a lot of talk on whether, you know, people like to be called out in public or private or whatever. I don't think it ever hurts anybody's feelings to be recognized for mm -hmm. something that they're doing well. Now, feedback that's negative, on the other hand, probably needs to be done privately, but you can say nice things about people in a staff meeting or you can send out an all teams, they, you know, uh, yes. email or or take a few minutes in a team's meeting or something that you're having and recognize some people who are doing things 
really well. Mm. And you can focus on why that is. They've been accountable. They've helped us reach a satisfaction goal with our member or our customer because they've showed up in a certain way. They went an extra mile to help solve a problem for them, you know, or they came to you with a way to save money and time on a process or a procedure that you had going and you gave them the credit for it and you let them lead that effort or do some of these things to help them grow professionally, whatever it is that's going on inside your organization that falls under that vision, that value statement that you have, that's how you show up as an accountable leader. And that's how you build accountability on your mm -hmm. team. Yeah. And, and I think that, that definitely I agree with you. I think that that role modeling is really important. And it's the thing that it seems these things think, seem very simple. But of course, when we're you know, busy in, in and, and really task orientated and also perhaps dealing with lots of complexity at work and, and under pressure. These are the things that perhaps don't stay top of mind. So so it's something, you know, to be reminded of. Um, you talked a bit about also um, you, you um, interviewed a, an organisation that, that went from, you know, sort of a small business to a larger business. And I often get that question too around how do you keep the culture that we've created, you know, at, as, as a startup, how do you maintain those, those, that, that essence as you grow? Because I think that's the, that's where you get into some risk um, around um, really not being able to maintain that culture. And we've seen that in lots of different mm -hmm. organisations. So there's two different businesses that I'll, I'll talk about. Um, the first is King of Pops, which was really a mom and pop. It was two brothers and their family that kind of got started and they make gourmet popsicle flavors. Mm -hmm. And they're only available in the Southern region of the United States. And they made the determination early that we're not gonna expand past this point. Right. This is what we wanna do. This is where we wanna mm -hmm. work and we wanna do it well here. And they've done exceptionally well. And, and part of their core model is the community aspect that they do a lot of give back in the community. They hire a lot of kids too, like um, high school kids, college kids, um, because they're selling popsicles and not everybody wants to sell popsicles for a living. But what they do with those kids is they have a set of values. And one of them is let's get sweaty because a lot of their activities are outside. They're, they use carts to push their popsicles mm. and they sell them at public events and different things. And, you know, we're in the South and it's 95 degrees at, at, at almost 8 PM my time. Wow. And, you know, so there's a lot of sweating that happens down here this time of year. <laughs> and so not everybody's going to thrive in that kind of environment, but they make it so fun and they make it so community oriented and they get the feedback and they allow their employees to pick charities that they want to work with and help right. with and they donate things for event. So they give them that buy-in and that feeling of I'm involved in the decisions that are making. And they've had tons of success doing this. So when they decided to franchise and actually offer it up to some mm. other people because it was getting bigger than they could manage on their own and they were expanding into some southern states part of the process is when they decided to do that and start they when they interview the franchisee they have to agree to continue to hold these same kind mm. of values close to their heart um you know not everybody want you know nobody I don't think I don't know anybody that woke up said I'm going to sell popsicles for my life you know so it takes he said it takes a special person he said there's not you don't get classes on that in school you don't you know like how do you make gourmet popsicles how do you choose flavors how do you you know he said there's you know there's not those things they're taught it's just something you make in your basement and you try and go you, you make all your friends taste them and see if they work and figure out what yeah. happens 
And so, you know, the really neat thing is that they've kept those values true, even as they've expanded and the people that they're bringing into the organizations that are going to continue the name, they have the agreement that they're going to hold these same values mm. and that they're going to do be same community oriented and everything. And so that's how they're keeping that same feeling wherever you go and wherever you're doing. Now, another company that was really interesting was Bots for that, and that's a tech company, and it's located in London, and it was a startup tech company. And the thing that was interesting when I was talking to him was how startups were different necessarily than, you know, just an entrepreneur just starting a business or whatever, like trying to get the funding, especially for mm. a tech organization and and the attitude that someone has to have when you're bringing them on that they have to understand this is a startup. There's some risk involved with you coming to work here. Are you willing to take that challenge? And how each person that's brought on has to be bought into that accountability model that we were talking about. If I don't do my part, then no one else is going to be able to get their bonus or their paycheck or whatever. Because if I don't bring a client, we can't close it. We can't build the project. We can't close the project, can't get paid for the project. So each piece has its own responsibility, mm -hmm. but none of it works unless we all work as a whole. And so it was real interesting listening to the two of them talk about the values, talk about, you know, that that's a big part of their hiring process. And I think that's something that we get wrong sometimes in hiring is that we haven't talked about our values or what matters. You know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, most of us, most people that come to the interview, you know, they've got the skill to do the job. And so we should probably spend only about 10% of the time of that interview talking about skill and the rest of it, we should be talking about our values and whether you're a culture fit and how we're going to continue to make this relationship work with inside the organization. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think we've got to flip that, don't we? Absolutely. Um, well, thank you, Shelley. And so it sounds, it sounds like there's a lot of really practical um, ideas that are shared in the in the book so um, so it sounds like you know most people will get something out of it um, where can they find you Shelley where do you like to be contacted so easiest places to find me is my website which is shellyphillips.com I'm super active on LinkedIn I love to connect with people if you Great. send me an invite more than likely I connect with you do a lot of posting and then the book is available Amazon or anywhere you buy books. Great. All right. Thank you, Shelley. And is there anything coming up for you that you wanted to do a shout out about just before we go? You know, one of the things I would share is that um, I've partnered with a great company and we're now able when we're doing cultural analysis inside a company is to be able to put actual dollars to what that culture brings to the organization. It's called doing a culture MRI. Mm -hmm. And you can actually see if you focus on certain areas, what is the return going to be on me? I, my professional world, I worked in the utility world for so many years and I deal with a lot of engineers, a lot of accountants yep. and that kind of thing. And they all want numbers, 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 numbers. If I go in talking uniqueness of people and accountability and leadership, they look at me and go, yeah, those are nice fluff words, but I need, give me some dollars, exactly. make this worth my while for spending, you know, what we need to do on this. And that's something that's really new um, to be able to quantify a culture movement inside an organization and show the actual value that you're putting back into the company when you do these kind of things. So I'm super excited about that. But tell everybody, keep a watch over my LinkedIn and on my website for um, all this that's going to be coming out in the next Great. couple of months. And maybe maybe you can come back and and we'll have a chat about that because I'm 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 
I get very excited about assessment and about, um, you know, uh, creating um, tangible results and being able to report on tangible results and particularly tracking progress. So uh, because I, I think that that that's that's a level of feedback that we need at a cultural level, too. And and I agree with you, it is difficult sometimes to do it at a cultural level because it's a system. And how do you actually measure the system? But but, you know, there are there are good people like you uh, doing some work on that. And I know that you're partnering with some good people on that too so yeah we'd love to have another conversation about that Shelley if you're I up would for love that. to share that okay. absolutely fantastic fantastic well thank you so much Shelley it's been such a pleasure talking to you it's really easy to talk to you we could we could keep going but um I'll put all of your details in the show notes for people that they can contact you and um, hopefully we'll see you yeah we'll, we'll come back and have another conversation soon sounds fabulous I look forward to it all thanks right, so much great. thanks Shelley